There is no story more compelling and more impactful in the entire world than the one found in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. There is no story more important than that one. You know, I absolutely love the holiday that we're going to have this week. Thanksgiving is one of my favorites. The origins are very biblical. Uh, the emphasis is very biblical. The traditions are very biblical. And um, I, I just like the whole thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but God's people eat together a lot. That's what Thanksgiving is about, right? It's, we eat together. It's kind of one of those things. And so I think it is a, a fortuitous thing for American Christians that we have a cultural event coming up this week, which is designed to remind everybody of a truth that we strive to live by every day, the truth that we have so much to be thankful for. And I think that most important story in the entire Bible is the most important thing that we could be thankful for. God loved us so much that he gave us the best gift that's ever been given. And the one thing for which all Christians must be most grateful of all is the arrival of and the life of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I just want to give you a very quick reminder of our need to be truly and humbly grateful for God's love in Christ. The story of how Christ came to earth is a remarkable one in itself. You find the fullest version of it here in the first two chapters of Luke's Gospel. A young virgin named Mary is told by an angel that she will have a child before she has known a man. And the angel promises that the child will be the son of God and will save his people from their sins. And so when you get to Luke chapter 2, this is how that happens. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so when the the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I love that story. I hope you can tell. <laughs> I, get, I, I honestly get a little teary when I think about God sending his son and how it actually happened. 
And while the story is great in its own right, the story doesn't only exist in its own right. The story exists inside the grander scheme of the whole story of the Bible. And so it's no wonder that Paul would tell us that it was when the fullness of time had come that God sent forth His Son, who was born of a woman and born under the law, but He sent Him to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. I think the timing of Jesus' arrival on the world seems strange to us. Why would He not show up when you can have you know, video live coverage and, and mass communication and all these ways to make the world know about it? But the timing that God chose was pinpoint perfect. So much so that when Mark tells the story... And when he tells one of Jesus' earliest messages, Jesus himself says the time is fulfilled. It's perfect. Matthew's Gospel reminds us that, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by one of the prophets. The, the timing of this is absolutely marvelous, and it falls, it falls within the grand scheme of a God who loves His people and has always loved His people. You start to thinking about it, you start to think about it, and it becomes pretty evident that the coming of Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, although it's found in our New Testament, it's arguably the most important part of the Old Testament. That one story is the summation and the culmination of so much that God has been working on for such a long time. God's gift to us is a perfect gift. And I think that's interesting. I think there's a couple of things that are important to realize all of that, out of all of that. The first is that without the, the New Testament, the Old Testament goes nowhere. It's fully a dead end. Without the New Testament, there's so much left hanging. But without the Old Testament, the New Testament doesn't have a leg to stand on. We don't have foundations for anything that makes Jesus the perfect gift that He is. One of my favorite preachers to listen to said, it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. I kind of like that. And the reason that I like that is because it takes a whole Bible to reveal the whole Christ. The perfection of God's gift could not be done more perfectly. And we know that because there is no perfection greater than God's own perfection. He planned this. He remained sovereign through all of Christ's arrival and His life and His resurrection and His ascension. He is the one who perfectly supplied what we need. And it takes a whole Bible to show us the whole Christ accurately. And while I would like to take the time this morning to read that whole Bible to show you how that works, I doubt that that would go over too well. So rather, let me just give you a simple reminder of why we should be so impressed by this. I think for me, this idea of the grandeur of God is most masterfully explained by the hymn writers. Most of them do so much of a better job than I could ever hope to. I, I love the set of hymns that are written, in fact, about the birth of Christ. Hymns that are written not to celebrate a season of the year, but to celebrate a momentous occasion in human history. An absolute, an absolute game changer in the entire scope of reality. Hymns that um, you hear them play on the radio this time of year, but they are full of truth that plays in the hearts of true believers all the time. 
I'll give you a couple of examples here. You know the songs, right? Angels we have heard on high that are sweetly singing over the plain. Here's what I love about that. The hymn writer took the time and noticed in the scriptures enough to write that the mountains sing in reply, echoing the joyous strains. Now, I think that's a beautiful little allusion to Jesus' own words. That if, if people were silent and stopped praising God, the very stones would cry out in praise to God. The mountains echo the praise of the angels. And then, hark, listen, the herald angels are singing, glory to the newborn king. Yeah, we, our entire life is designed to sing that. Glory to the king of kings. Again, these hymns aren't seasonal carols to thinking people. They are rich celebrations of God's coming to us. And one of the main ones that stands out in my mind is, O come all ye faithful. And I like it because it not only explains Jesus' coming, but it invites us to celebrate and enjoy Jesus' coming. Let me just show you some of the phrases that make it important here. The hymn invites us to behold him who is born the king of angels. Well, how can you say that? How can you say that he is the king of angels? Jesus isn't an angel. No, that's true. But in Hebrews, the writer tells us, we see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, now crowned with glory and honor. He is the king because he is the king over all creation. He is the king of the angels. What a wonderful God to give us that in a way that we could see him and behold him. And then this one, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. And that's a great thing for us to celebrate. Remember that John in the intro to his gospel tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14 of that same chapter, he tells us the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. The word of the Father has appeared in flesh. What a remarkable and perfect gift from God. And then this one. Oh, come and let us adore him. What an invitation, right? It's, it's weird to think that we would ever even need to be invited to do that. But thankfully, someone has invited us to come and adore the gift that God has given to us. And this reminds me as well of a scripture from Revelation chapter 5. When all the heavenly hosts are gathered around the throne... They say, as they look, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them say, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And as they say that, by the way, in that setting in Revelation chapter 5, there's another host of angelic beings that say amen to that. And I think we would do well to join that host, to adore the Christ whom God has given us in such a way that we would bless him with all blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. The story of Luke chapter 2, it's, it's, it's cute. It's wonderful, it's very touching, it's very quaint in some ways that, that Christ is born because there's no room in an inn, he's born in a stable. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful little story. But the impact of that story is in no way small. This is the God of the universe come to be with mankind. And so truly, we would do well to take the invitation to come and adore him.
I love the, the last verse that we read a little while ago from Luke 2, verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds who had been there said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem. Let us see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. That's my invitation to us. Let us go and see what the Lord has made known to us. Because at the end of the day, all of this is good news because it is so perfectly good for us. I was reading this past week, and just yesterday, it was an article in the USA Today. One of the celebrities who, uh, who uh, was in the, the new movie, The Justice League, they were interviewing, and they, interviewing him. They were asking him, you know, why do people love the superhero movies so much? What do you think it is about that genre that's, that's grown so much in modern American culture? And he said this, and I thought this was interesting. He said, part of the appeal of the whole genre of movies is wish fulfillment. Wouldn't it be nice if there was somebody who can save us from all of this, save us from ourselves, save us from the consequences of our actions, and save us from people who are evil? He actually said that. Wouldn't it be nice if there was someone who could do that? Well, there is someone. And he's, got, he's not in the world of fantasy. He came from the greatest reality down to our reality in order to do exactly what that quote is asking for, to save us from ourselves, from the consequences of our actions. One of the early saints wrote that it was not because of our merit that Jesus came for us, it was because of our misery. That's exactly right. It's because we were so miserable and we needed someone to save us from ourselves. And so my main takeaway from all of this is to encourage you never to forget to occasionally take that quiet and contemplative moment to look at who Christ is and what he did and just be wowed. Because what an amazing story. Let us, brothers and sisters, let us in our minds go to Bethlehem and occasionally just go and be reminded of this great wonder which the Lord has made known to us. The wonder that is Jesus Christ. The one who deserves all adoration of his saints in all time. Steve's going to lead us in the song in just a minute. And the chorus invites us to come and adore him. And we have every reason to accept an invitation like that. We look at Jesus at any stage in His earthly existence and we see the Lamb of God. We look at Jesus at any stage in His heavenly existence and we see the Lamb of God. And so to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. We exult in the salvation that God has offered to us. And for those of us who have received it, we adore the perfection of God that is embodied in the birth of a child in a stable in Judea. The invitation to come and adore Him is an invitation to heaven itself. Let us come and realize the wonder of this story that will always be the most wonderful story ever told.